Alright guys, welcome to episode number two of Dadology. Alright, we made it. We made it. We made it past that first hump of getting an episode out there. That's a hard hump to get over to. It was. And, you know, I think we kind of came to a point where we were just like, we need to just get this episode out. Because if we don't, we're never going to. Dude, I think it really was like that. Because we've, we've been talking about this for a little while. Then... And then once we stopped talking about it and we established, like, this is what we're going to do, even then it took it took us, like, three months to actually do that first yes. one. I think we finally just both said, nope, we're doing it. Let's go We're on. posting it. We're making the social media account. We're just going to make it happen, and we're going to get it out there uh, just because we need to. If, we're not, if we don't do it, it's never going to happen. So thank you, guys, all of you who came in and listened and helped support us on this first episode. Uh, yes, thank we, you. We ended up getting about four times more than I thought we were originally going to have. So I'm yeah. I'm ecstatic. Right? I, I told Luke, uh, I was like, after it went live, I said, if we get more than two, and I say two because obviously we both listened to it because we wanted to hear hear it from that perspective of how it sounds on, you know, Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you listen to it. And I was like, if we get more than two, so if we could double that to four, we did a good job. So we 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 blew that one out of the water. We did. So, Uh, you know, and, you know, God has really blessed us so far, and I'm excited to see where he takes it. Um, But just a quick little introduction. Uh, My name is 100% Luke. No, I'm just kidding. If y'all watch the first one, you'll have to go. If you haven't listened or listened to the first one, if you haven't, you need to. You'll understand what that means because I said that phrase 100%. 100% too many times. <laughs> and and I'm John. Uh, I got a new microphone for all of you out there. And this one goes to 11. Hey, there we go. There we go. So um, so last, last episode, we talked about, you know, remembering the mission that we dads have on our lives, the purpose that we have to lead our families, lead our children, and to make them people of society. Well, this episode... We are going to talk about how we need to be modeling that way because that's the biggest way that our children are going to learn. And um, every every episode, we are going to be reading this one verse. It's going to get really repetitive. But the whole point of it is that it sticks. Yes. I actually am starting to remember it because we've been talking about this for way longer than this podcast. Yes. Yes, this content is actually a content that we've used for how long have we been? Two years uh, now? Two and a half. Two and a half years a here half. at the church. So we have uh, a dad life group here at our church that we go to. And uh, we've been using this content, you know, for two and a half years. And it's, it, it has changed. We have watched it change many, many dads' lives here at the church that we know that this is something that can work. And it does work. And, you know, God, because just this one verse that God inspired here is has changed. It's just like, it's just a small little section of scripture, but it has so much meaning behind it. And so the the scripture that we're going to be reading to, today and then also throughout the next several and was in our last one is Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And so what this means is when you talk, when you're just talking with your kids, God's word is present. When you're sitting around watching a movie, maybe what's on the TV needs to be something a little bit more appropriate. And Or when you're just walking and talking and doing what you do on a daily basis, the way that you react and talk to people, talk to the person at Starbucks. John knows what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. <laughs> I love the Starbies. There we are. There we are. Uh, I actually haven't had Starbucks in a long time. My, my it's not good, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's, that's a fair we, point we, probably the reason i like it is because we traveled a lot and i get the same thing i only get one thing there and everywhere i go i know what it's gonna taste like that's fair so it's good to me 
but it's not great coffee. But if I go to another state and I see a Starbucks, I know what my drink should taste like. There we go. I get that. It's, it's a consistency. Yeah. I get that. But that's the thing is like, you know, if your kids are in the car when you're going through the drive through and they get your order wrong, how you react to that moment right there that's where you know walk so when you're putting your kids down to sleep and when you lie down how how that happens uh i'll never forget how much different bedtime felt when we first started to pray with our kids before they went to bed like that changed everything and even to this day it's like it just i feel like bedtime is much easier (laughs) yeah when that happens and if you listen to the last podcast you'll you'll remember that i said that we started with reading a kid's bible to my daughter Mm -hmm. and bedtime didn't just change for her that routine changed me right exactly right you know and, and actually really interesting thing is my oldest daughter is at the point now that she's actually like reading and starting to study scripture and those conversations right before bed sometimes last longer than the quick little prayer. Good night. Love you. God loves you. Now, now it's like, hey, I was reading this thing last night and I wanted to ask you, which I love and I absolutely love it. But it's also sometimes I'm like, it's nine nine thirty. Probably, you know, let's talk about this tomorrow. <laughs> or the content isn't like right before bed content because this is going to get pretty deep. Yes. Let's, yes. Let's, let's think about this one tomorrow. Yeah, I might say, you know, go read these verses here that kind of go along with that section. Uh, and then let's talk about this tomorrow, you know, and stuff. And, and, and what I'm going to do is text Luke and say, I need what verses. So I can tell them <laughs> what verses so they can, we can talk hey, about it tomorrow. Listen, that's what that's that's what we're here for. Right. That's that's part of of modeling the way is having other people in your life, which we talked about this last episode as well. It's having people in your life that you can bounce these things off of. And I think that's, that's very good because a lot of this as we, as we are dadology, everything is kind of tailored towards being a dad. It's good to remember that it's not just about being a dad to your kids. It's about being somebody who's willing to also listen to somebody else to teach you so you could then go teach your kids because you got to learn it from somewhere too. Mm-hmm. So it's keeping those people in your life so that you can do that. Right. And then, and, and after a while, you're actually going to find other dads, younger dads that you're going to be able to pour into as well. Like as you learn, you're going to be able to pour that in to somebody else. Um, and so, but then also as you rise, the way you wake up in the morning, uh, what you do in the morning. Um, me personally, I'm a late night Bible study type of guy. Like I stay up later and I get up right as, right before I need to get ready and just get to work. <laughs> I'm not a morning person, but for those who are, uh, morning people who love getting up early in the morning and you can get up and you just bounce right out of bed and you're ready to go. Um, you know, be that person that gets up, you know, an hour before you need to get ready for work or an hour before whatever it is that you, you've got going on and just get into the word of God, you know, or however long that ends up being. Um, I'll never forget. I didn't spend a whole lot of time around my grandparents that live out in California, uh, just cause they live out in California. We're thousands and thousands of miles away from <laughs> right. them. But I remember I was probably in ninth grade or so, like, you know, whatever age that is, you know, 14, 15. And we went and visited for Christmas. And I, one of the nights I got uncomfortable and I just went out to one of their couches and laid and slept on the couch. And about four o'clock in the morning, I remember being woken up by a light. And it was my grandmother who had turned on a little light, just a little lamp light. And she was just out there at four o'clock in the morning studying her bible that's just what she did i remember seeing that going that's pretty awesome i love that <laughs> it's not me I'm, I'm the one that you get up from bed to go you know to a bathroom break or something right. and you're going dad why are you still up <laughs> i'm reading okay <laughs> um and so that's that's what this is it's just in every aspect of your life you are putting god's word into it um and it will change just the whole attitude of your home. Uh, it absolutely will. Uh, so there's an old saying that says, you teach what you know, but you impart who you are. It's real easy for us 
to just talk about things that we've heard. You know, the as our pastor has said in his sermons, the YouTube theologians that we have, right? Like you go onto YouTube and you, you listen to different guys and you listen to this different stuff and you get your theology based off of a YouTube video, which don't get me wrong, God can work through those things. That's kind of what this is. Exactly. And God can work through these things and, and you can learn a lot of these things, but it's not until you take what you like know and make it who you are that it actually makes an impact on the people around you and that's how you make an impact because i can tell somebody all day long that they need to tie 10 percent, but if i'm not tithing that means absolutely nothing and it doesn't matter if they know if i'm tithing or not yeah right like it doesn't matter they're they're it's just not going to hit the same that if i can say I wasn't tithing at one point in time. And then when we started tithing, God started opening up doors and I got a promotion at my job. You know, like, it's just crazy how that works. Not that there's not ever hardship. There's definitely hardship. Oh, there's always hardship. Uh, Something that ties in that is uh, like with the sales. And, And as you get more sales that you're able to sell something because you know about it and it's, it's easier like if you're when I sold cars is like if you came in for a specific car and I didn't know anything about it it's hard for me to tell you about it and sell you on buying this car but if you come in for a car that I knew everything about it's not hard to sell you on on that concept of I know what this is this is what this is this is and right. it, it goes into the same like talking about tithe like if if somebody wants to talk to you about tithe and you're not doing it it's very hard to con- not to convey to that person how important it is when there's no emotion behind it. Right. So when you're able to talk about this is why I do it and this is what happened to my life before and after, that impact is very different to that person. Yeah. Well, I worked at Best Buy for about four years. Um, I learned a whole lot about TVs. I was in home theater. I, I really, it was interesting because those first few months, I remember like it was just hard to really feel passionate about tvs right like things that really don't make a difference if anything it sometimes hurts more than it helps in people's lives and i remember just like having a hard time finding a way to like really like be passionate about selling these things and i'll never i had a great manager and i remember one time he came up to me and started asking me about bible stuff and i was just like into it i was like bro we are finally having this conversation and i was just talking about it and i was like all into it and then after we, he let me go for probably a solid like 20 minutes and then he was like i knew that you're passionate i just need you to figure out a way to be passionate about what you do here and i was like this bro <laughs> this guy gotcha and, yeah and, and which for me what i found that i really loved about that was the whole audio side i really love just amazing high-end audio and i'll never afford it <laughs> you know <laughs> but i love hearing it and i love you know when people do a great job like when when movie directors make that hit just right like it's going you're going to feel it and not right. just like see it and, and so that's what that, you know, when I learned about the whole audio side, I remember like that first time, even though I really started to enjoy audio, that first time I sold a, a, you know, a system to somebody, it was, I'm glad they knew what they were buying because I was like, yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, this is a great system and I couldn't really talk into much of it, but right. then like as time went, it went from like me going, I hope you know what you want <laughs> to Hey, I, you came in looking for this, but let me show you the world of all of this. Right. And then, you know, upsells happen and things like that. And, and, and so that, that is just a really small aspect of just sales, right? But if you put that same type of thing, if you become extraordinarily passionate about Christ, and that can look different. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes, it can look very different to everybody and how you live your life yes and and exactly that and so like for me i really love music it kind of goes back to the whole audio thing 
I love music. I hear I love hearing very good, clean audio stuff. Um, I can I actually do really you know can do fairly well at doing like online like our online services stuff just because I can hear it and you know and make it sound good if you know, if I'm into, in that side of it, you know, but I'm, I do, I work on the worship team mostly because I love all of that, you know, but on your end of that, you're on the photography side, right? Yes. Yes. That's a totally different passion it, that it I is. have. <laughs> My, mine's all visual. Yeah. And, and, you know, a camera sees things differently than we do. So if, if the environment is set for it to look really nice to to humanize my camera is going to have trouble adapting to that depending like if it's really dark because we need it to be dark so certain things are lit up like the way you adjust your camera to to take that is very different than the way you're going to adjust something to audibly hear it right like the concepts might be the same of i need to adjust this for up and down right but but what you're doing is totally different yes but being on totally different sides of it, the fact is, is whether it's you're very passionate about teaching, you're very passionate about writing, uh, whether you're somebody listening here and you're in the same boat as us, you love photography, you love worship, you love music, you love all of those things and getting into that and watching your, your kids, watching God work through those talents and and the passions that you have and really growing something through you um, to push forward the ministry and the kingdom of God, like that's going to completely, like our kids are going to see that yes. and they're going to respond to that, you know, and now it's like my 10 year old is starting to, to serve first service and, and attend the second, you know, and, and, you know, obviously she's just doing stuff and like babies and helping out as just like a helper, but she wants to do it. And she's doing it, and and it's just really cool to see that kind of, you know, a servant mindset coming out of her, you know, and whether that's just, you know, whether that was something she caught from us or not, you know, God worked either through us or through the people at this church, which if we didn't have the people at the church, <laughs> you know, right, right. Um, there's a lot of things that she probably wouldn't know and wouldn't see, and it's just, it's been really cool to watch her grow and and that's just something that everybody can see right you know that's what modeling the way is exactly that's, that's one aspect of what modeling the way is the other aspect is the part where like you're saying where we don't see is our attitudes to things how we react to things how we respond to certain things or certain things that trigger us certain ways because then our kids are going to start doing that and you may not even see it. You could be walking by and they're in their bedroom playing, talking to their stuffed animals. And you're like, wait a minute. Why are you talking like that? Right. And it's a reflection like, do I sound like that to you? <laughs> because, right. you know, obviously it's that interpreted into a toddler brain. So yeah. I, you probably don't sound like that. But to them, you might. Right. And and so that's the other part of modeling the way is, is is not even about like what you're doing at church. It's what are you doing at home when no one's no one's around, no one's mm -hmm. looking. Like kids are always looking, even if you don't think they are. So it's how are you responding to things is directly going to affect how they in turn start to respond to things. Right, and and there's going to be some coaching that comes with that that you're going to have to do with your kids. Because they are, they're, they're kids, right? Like there's some guidance that they're going to have to have from you. It's going to be so, very uncomfortable sometimes, <laughs> but it's going to have to happen. And it's going to get even more uncomfortable the older they get. <laughs> if you listen to the last podcast and come into this one, you're going to notice that a lot of this stuff is very hard. It's very complicated and it's going to be painful to go through if you haven't gone through it yet. That's true. But it's worth it. It is worth it. Um, because our, our kids are worth it, our family's worth it, and we're we're the ones that are stepping out and leading that. That's not on our wife, that's on us. That's our calling. And but it is worth it, very much so. And in fact, if you continue through, you know, with us into into the next episode, we're actually gonna be dealing more specifically on how we do coach those things and how we talk about those things. So stick with us. It's going to keep getting good. It's going to keep getting better. Yes, and it is. And you're going to start seeing some stuff, you know, happen in your life. And so um, <clears throat> the role of a dad is the most significant and fulfilling job on the planet. 
Your career that you have is not your purpose. The career that you have is not your calling. That is a tool to help you fulfill your purpose of being a dad and a husband. Or, you know, if you're not married, being a dad and showing how to steward well with that. But also the purpose of either supporting the ministry or being a minister um, or however that looks. And so that job that you have is not your purpose. And I say that because it's so easy, especially if you're a workaholic, yeah. to dive into that. Into the titles and, and everything. Because in the world, you're going to run into things where your title matters. Yeah. And and it's very easy to get lost into the title that you've earned or work really hard to get and make that title your identity. And if that is what becomes your identity, that's where problems can start happening. Yes. And that's very much so. And that's where you just need to kind of come back and, and, and there is repentance that needs to happen in that moment. And just kind of that sanctification that God needs to do in your life to go away. I've been making something more important than my actual calling on my life. Let me take a step back, ask for forgiveness, stand up, get moving again. Um, so choosing to lead your family towards biblical understanding helps you weather any storm that comes. And there's definitely going to be storms. This, however, is intentional. You have to make that choice. Like it is a choice and you do have a choice. Whether you feel like you don't have a choice, you do have a choice. Um we have a society that runs away from truth, elevates excuses, is easily overwhelmed, and wants to give up. Cancel culture. Oh, man. <laughs> like, Participation trophies. Yes, there's a whole lot of, like, there's really no winners, true winners anymore. No. Like, you've worked your butt off, and you, and you deserve that win, but you're not a winner because everybody wins. Yeah. Right? And so there's right. no true winners, and there's no true losers either. Um, and so our world teaches that you can pick different things. You can pick your God. You can pick your gender. You can pick revenge over rightness, righteousness, sex over the sacredness of marriage. Money matters more than ministry. Entertainment is better than productivity. Church is optional. And we could get into all of these different things, and we can almost spend an episode on each one of these, if not whole seasons worth of episodes on these. And people have podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about these cultural things, and that's not, that's not what we're here to do. And so if, if you want to, you know, listen to some of those, there's a lot of people that really dig deep into those cultural issues and talk about those. Uh, one of my favorite ones that I listen to uh, is, is Wretched. It's on YouTube. They also have a website. Uh, definitely go and encourage to go check that one out as well. Because they, they, that guy digs into all of these in a very biblical standpoint. What, is it, what does it say versus culture? What does the Bible say mm-hmm. versus culture? Um, and so we must be consistent and clear if we are to show the way God has given you the responsibility to model the way, just like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Right. And that's what we're telling to our kids, right? Like as I'm following Christ, which shows a process of sanctification and justification and redemption and repentance that we have to have and ask for forgiveness and all of those things that come into all of that, you're teaching those to your kids because you're not going to be perfect at it, but your kids understand that even though you're not perfect, that you're still seeking Christ. And that's what they will do. Right. We hope hope that. And and consistency is not just with your kids because your kids, obviously, they're they soak everything up. So they are going to see those things. They're going to see when you mess up, how you respond to that. And if you're asking for forgiveness in the places, not just with them, like with your spouse or with uh, if you're at church and, and you're talking to somebody and they're standing right beside you and their hands are on your arm. So, you know, they want to tell you something They're They're waiting for you, which means they are watching you. Yeah. But to, to go even further, it's not just consistency with your kids. It's consistency with your wife. I, I know right. for me, um, Prior to coming to church, I am who I was. If you know me, you know me. And 
I wasn't very consistent. And that was one thing that, you know, my wife had to tell me is like, I don't know when I can trust you because if you're not consistent with your actions, I don't know what, what is, uh, what is true and what isn't true with you. And so if you continue that, like your kids are going to see what you're telling them, what you're telling your spouse, what you're telling, and it's all different. Like the consistency needs to be throughout your life, not just with your kids. Right. And that kind of goes all back to that one statement, right? You know, you can teach what you know, but you impart who you are. Like what you are imparting to your kids is who you ha- who you are and who you are becoming uh, in and through Christ. <clears throat> and so there are three intentional ways to model the way. Number one, and you guys are going to hear me say this over and over. And when I've taught this in dad life, I've said this, that same thing, you guys are going to hear this a million times from me, and I'm going to keep saying it because it's pretty much what what it all is about. How this is this is what we do, is we got to listen to God. <laughs> so number one, listen to God. Take the time to read and pray and write what your Father gives you. I know I said almost a cuss word there about writing. You know, we got some dads that I'm sure love to do that. Uh, writing is not something that I'm passionate about, but I have noticed that when I do write things down that God is working in my life, that I do retain those things a lot better. And it's really interesting to come back and read those. It's amazing what we think we can remember in a moment of saying, I'll remember that. <laughs> and then we don't. Listen, I, I can't tell you, I'm, you know, if, uh, if my wife was here right now, she'd be like doing the whole mm-hmm <laughs> because there's so many times that I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely do that. Oh, man, I should have just done it right then and there because I totally forgot yeah. now. You know, then now I'm going, please forgive me. Come on, baby. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's take the time to read, pray, write down what God has for you in your life. Uh, this is why staying connected to the church is so vital. It helps with perspective and accountability. You're going to need people in your life. You're going to yep. need people there. Yep. As as men, that's really hard. It is. We have a culture that men do not know how to connect with other men anymore. We don't. And, and for a very long time, I didn't connect with anybody because I didn't, also didn't give the effort, right? Like, but here's the thing, man. If you're active in church and you're there in church and, and, then, and you're complaining to your wife that, man, I don't have any friends, I don't have any guy friends, then maybe... Just maybe, instead of automatically running out to the vehicle once church ends and you out the doors, maybe you stay and talk to some people every once in a while. <laughs> I'm just going to say uh, I'm a recluse. I, yep. I I can stay at home longer than I probably need to. And I, I keep a very small circle. And this podcast wouldn't be happening if I didn't stay an extra five minutes after church. Right. More than one time. If I didn't decide to join a life group called Dad Life and I was like, I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> but it's led us right here having this discussion. Yes. No. And that's exactly it is God. That's the whole purpose. That's the biggest purpose of church is that community with people that we do absolutely need, whether you feel like you need it or not. And you might hate it at first. <laughs> I, I know that because I am also very much, I'm not, I mean, I'm more so of a um, extrovert now, I'm kind of an introvert, extrovert person. Like I can switch it on when I'm at church, but man, when I get home, I'm burnt out. I'm tired, you know, because yeah. that's just not my personality. And my wife, on the other hand, can make friends with a brick wall, right? Like <laughs> that's just who she is. She's very much an outward, you know, and so I'm, I'm the same way. I can be very much a recluse you know and things like that and uh i remember when we first started going to church as a family i didn't want to do anything like i remember that now i was i was still just like a teenager when we first started but you won't say how old i was (laughs) (laughs) you know everybody listen god god finds you you know he's gonna get that message to you regardless some way shape form or fashion when it doesn't matter when you accept it it's just good that you accept it right (laughs) And yes. so, 
I, like I said, I was, I, you know, I, I think I was technically like preteen, and of course, you know, as a typical preteen teenager, I didn't want anything to do with it. You know, the idea of going up and, and, and singing, you know, or singing songs in general, whether I'm out up on stage in the choir that they had, or whether I was just in the pew, that wasn't happening. It ain't happening, because I didn't want any part of it. Of course, now I'm, I'm up on stage, seems like almost every week, <laughs> you know, playing bass now. And we've got other bass players and stuff as well, but... The, the point is, is it, you know, you, you need to do things because it's what's right to do, whether you feel it or not, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's something that's preached a lot here at our churches. And, and, and yeah, there might be times, uh, we were kind of talking about this before we, you know, hit record on this, that, it, you know, you see people that that seem very fake in all of it. Yes. And you know what? It very actually well may be fake because they may not absolutely want to do that, mm-hmm. but it might be just part of their growing process because for me, it was really hard for somebody, you know, for me to raise my hands and worship God in a service, but I did it whether I felt it or not. But now it's just natural. Now it's like it's something I love to do. And, and that's just, a, just such a simple thing, you know, but the mm-hmm. idea of, of doing this podcast <laughs> was also. <Right. laughs> that's why it took so long because yeah. I was the same way. I was like, it's fun to talk about it and it's fun to talk to you about it and talk about concepts. And, and t- Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, anybody that knows me knows I'm a dreamer. So hey. it's fun to be like, oh, this would be amazing if we did this and if we did this and we could lead it into this and we can go here. And then it's like, well, let's do it. And it's like. I'll, I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm free tomorrow, I'm, always. <laughs> yeah, always free tomorrow. Right now? Nah. And when you ask me tomorrow? Nah. <laughs> yes. It, but it's just one of those that you just have to kind of step out and and do it whether you feel it or not. It's going to be uncomfortable if you've never done it. If you've never prayed with your wife, it's going to be awkward and weird and uncomfortable and you know what? That's a word right there. <laughs> yeah. But if you know what? <laughs> even if it's one of those things that at first your wife kind of leads those things, even though it should be you, I, it should be you that leads <laughs> these. But if she does it, do it. Pray with her if she leads through it. And then, but I'm going to challenge you, man, that if that starts happening, that um, this is a challenge. Start being the one to initiate that. It's weird. <laughs> I know it sounds like he's talking to you guys, but he's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking to everybody. Because this oh, is something we all I know. About. I'm just Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that one was for me. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not a directed directed thing. I, I don't know what you and your you know wife do. Like, I, I, you know. It's hard for me to pray out loud. And I know that's probably odd to hear on a podcast where we're talking about things that are directly related to the Bible and teaching your kids. It's, it's easy for me to pray with my daughter right? and, and you know, but that's, it, I, it's a hard concept for me. So yeah. it's, that's, that's part of everything that we're talking about that, that consistency and, and it gets easier because that is something that is important. My wife is listening right now. Like I know she's looking at me right now. Like, yes, you need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But listen, it, like I said, it is tough. It is hard to step out and lead, and it's extraordinarily uncomfortable. But it is something we are called to do. Um, you know, it's, it's part of being a submitted son. So you raise submitted sons and daughters. Like, if they see us submitting to God, then God, <clears throat> or then they will submit to God as well. But on the other hand of that, if they, if you are submitting to God and teaching God's word, your wife will submit to you. If she chooses to submit to God, she will submit to her husband. A, a wife will not submit to her husband if she doesn't choose to submit to God. It's as simple as that. Um, your children, if they choose to submit to God, will submit to you and your wife as parents. Um, until they make that decision, it won't happen. Right. And right. so and let, until they learn that and they see, and this is something that you lead out in your home, not in a dictative way, you know, 
this isn't a you submit to me now way. This is a, yes. this is what the scripture says. This is what the Bible talks about, right? Like our conversations right. need to be different. And there could be a whole <laughs> conversation on the submit thing because I know people that aren't in church, they hear that and they immediately go to what the world says about submission yes. and everything like that. And it's, it's, the, that is, it's very different. When we when, when we, we go talk through marriage it. content after the dad <laughs> stuff, we're gonna get into that, and we're gonna talk about what that actually looks like. Um, but everything Jesus did came from his father. Jesus submitted. He showed us the perfect example, right? He submitted to the Father's will, and that's how we are to do it. The Lord and His Spirit, this Holy Spirit who lives in you, if you trust and believe in God, will guide you, help you, it will convict you. But he'll also comfort you as you move through this. So, all right. And number two uh, way to walk, model the way is lead your home with self control, and I, I think that ties into the consistency thing because mm-hmm. uh, if you're not consistent, having consistency is self control because it's holding back when you want to lash out about something. So I think that really ties in well to what this is talking about. And the verse that we have for it is Titus 2, 6 through 8. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teachings, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. No, that that verse it, it's a tough one. <laughs> yes, it, it's it's much easier when your when your kid does something. Well, let's just be honest. When they do something stupid, <laughs> to want to be like, "What the heck? Why did you do that?" And you or, blow, you know, it's so yeah. easy to blow up about those things. Um, but that's not what God. You know, that's. That's part of the whole fruits of the spirit, right? Self-control is just one of those things that if you're living in the spirit, that self-control is going to come. But it requires that consistent in the word of God, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, I like the the last part of that is having nothing evil to say about us because that goes beyond um, being a dad, being a father, teaching your kids. When you go into the workplace... That's where that self-control and that consistency then takes on. Your kids can't see you at work. That's true. I mean, if you work at home and you leave the door open, <laughs> then they can. Yeah. But but that's uh, that's kind of that uh, how are you when no one no one's looking kind of deal. It's like that is the same thing that how you are at home needs to be how you are at work. And that's consistency and self-control is very hard to to learn but it's what we need to consistently do and if you are doing that having nothing evil to say about us right uh, yeah. so going on with this is uh, to lead your home starts with self-control you have the power to choose self-government is the key dis- discipline if we are going to have them follow us uh, says here a statistic is 50% of employees quit their boss, not their job. And that is so true. I know so many <laughs> people that, that isn't higher. I, it pro- I feel like it probably is because I know so many people that have quit their jobs because their direct manager was just that bad, but they really loved the company that they worked for. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I've had one of those, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, where I just, I had a really, really hard time and, you know, and I've actually been a manager before and it's possible that I was one of those that somebody just couldn't stand, you know, having and, um, but (laughs) yeah, the the employee quits their bosses. Like I said, I'm surprised that percentage isn't higher. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of one of those things we were talking about before we started this, right? Like it says 80% of men you know, have an addiction to pornography, but, you know, it's more like 90%. The other 10% just say, you know. Just, are, yeah, the other 10% are lying. Yeah, yeah, these are people that just don't want to talk bad about <laughs> Right, don't want to say anything that they shouldn't say. Yes. Um, making the choice to finish a project, keep your word, and overcome negative emotions is all an act of self-control. Saying you're going to do something and then following through. If you tell your boss you're going to do something, you need to keep your word and do that. And if you can't because of whatever reason, communicating that with your boss, 
the same thing goes for your your kids. If you tell your kids you're going to do something, you need to follow through with doing that or explain why we're not like like me and my daughter have our routines and our traditions that we've already built. And so and kids remember everything. So if you say <laughs> on Saturday, we'll do that. You, I, you might not remember, but on Saturday, Saturday they're going to be like, Dad, you said. And sometimes life is going to happen and you right. have to. And that's a teaching moment. Yeah. Life sometimes happens. Life isn't always just going to be like, this is what, what we said. This is what we're going to be able to do. But that conversation needs to be had. You can't just be like, yeah, well, not now. Sorry. And move on. Because right. they're going to see that. They're going to model that. Yes. As they grow. Right. And it's one of those things. You're right. Life happens. You know, siblings get sick or, you know, whatever it is. I have four kids, right? Like, it's, there's definitely been times where we, like, last Friday, uh, my wife was out of town at a women's conference and I went on a walk with the kids. I ended up rolling my ankle while I was out on the walk. And so up here in Northwest Arkansas, we have this place called uh, the Amazium. Mm, and I mm. had every intention Saturday to take them to the Amazium. Now, on the plus side, I didn't tell them that I was going to do that beforehand. But it was one of those things, if I would have, they, they would have been uh, like almost heartbroken because exactly that. They would have definitely <laughs> remembered that, Dad, you were supposed to take us to the Amazium. Well, Dad's limping right now. <laughs> is he going to be able to take you? A halfway mention to a toddler is a promise. <laughs> yes. Just, just if if you haven't hit toddler stage yet, a halfway mention to your wife in passing is a promise to your toddler that you are going to do that. Yeah, and, <laughs> so, and that I swear that lasts up until they're like preteen. <laughs> Because my eight-year-old right now, man, it's the same thing. Like, we just slightly say something, and she's like, we're doing this. And we're like, going to Disneyland? Whoa, whoa, hold on. All right. yeah. uh, so we can't control what everyone says or does, but we can control how we respond. Too many times we blame our responses on how other people acted. Wow. That is... So true. It is very easy to be like, well, I only did that because of you. Our society did it today is very much blame everybody else for your problems or what you did or how you responded or how you reacted instead of taking the blame on yourself, which goes back to just like saying sorry to your kids, asking for forgiveness. Yeah. Accepting responsibility for how you are. Something I try to teach my my daughter and you know, the daughter we're fixing to have and my son is you can feel how you feel and have your emotions, but you will still treat people with kindness. Right. You do not get to take the emotions you feel out on me. Accepting the response, the responsibility of how you acted and not blaming the person that made you feel that way. Right. Yeah. And and that kind of goes back to, you know, Choosing a victim mentality or choosing a, a, a mentality of, of a victor being, you know, winning, right? And, and that's just kind of the difference. Like as a leader in your home, we have to choose whether we're going to, lead, you know, be victorious and win in our family or if we're going to just blame everything else on everybody else. And yeah. So, so you, can't, you can't talk your way out of a problem that your behavior caused. Self-control always for measured... Self-control always for measured responses that bring great fruit. As a believer who houses the Spirit of God, never forget that you have a choice. Will you forgive? Will you live above reproach? Will you show kindness? Will you respond in faith? Will you choose character over compromise? Right. And I actually want to challenge everybody who's listening. Even have to rewind this a couple of times, write those questions down. Write each one of those that he had just mentioned down. I'll say them again. Will you forgive? Will you live above reproach? Will you show kindness? Will you respond in faith? Will you choose character over compromise? I think that one's a big one. They're all big ones, but (laughs) I think that's a big one because I feel like it's very easy in society today to compromise what you believe in who you are so that you don't get called out by cancel culture or... 
how your job may respond to you or how your friends like like i may lose some friends for doing this podcast because of the content that we're speaking about right but it's one of those you know we are here to glorify god whether people stay with us or not and that's really hard and a really tough thing to say Mm -hmm. because there are going to be lots of situations where somebody you do absolutely love to death is they might completely walk out of your life because you're choosing god instead of choosing to go down that path you're choosing that to be somebody who is like christ right which is good you know taking that choose character over compromise you're not compromising anymore and people aren't going to like that and the gospel message is offensive in itself right and so if you're choosing to walk in that there are going to be people that leave and people that are you are close to that leave and And I, i feel like uh right now with that conversation is um loving like jesus having unconditional love like christ does for us in those moments is letting them go you can still love them pray for them care about them but but let them go because you don't you don't need that in your life if you are going in different directions right but also how, you never know if down the line they come back and say, hey, about that thing you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And now you've you've kept that open instead of just being like, well, I don't need you either. I'm out. Right. You know, that's not Christ-like. No, no. It's one of those things when, when times like that happens, what our job to do is to pray for those people. Mm-hmm. And if there is offense that does happen, then either whether it was you that made the offense, you either ask for forgiveness or where they offended you, you you forgive them, you pray for them, and then you just keep walking in you know with God and you continually to pursue God. And if that does happen when they come back around, because uh, it may happen, it may not. <clears throat> but if they do come back around, now we have a different perspective because. You know, I've been praying for you. I've been taught, you know, thinking about you. I love you. Mm-hmm. And here's what you need to know the God that I know. Right. Like you need that. And so definitely write those questions down. Answer those questions as you move throughout over these next two weeks until the next podcast comes. Think about those. So our third way that we have here that we intentionally model the way is love your home with giving. If we are too busy to give, your home will become one of selfishness and self-rule. There is no love without sacrifice. There is no strong family without giving one. Giving. Everyone, every life-changing concept starts with giving. Everybody has to do it. Dad gives to the family. Mom gives to, you know, you give to wife. You give to children. She gives to you. The children give to you. Everybody gives. There's going to be unity within the family. But it starts with you doing that. I'm going to say something controversial here. And I'm speaking to myself. Do it. (laughs) But while speaking to myself, I hope somebody hears me and takes it to heart. A part of giving in your home is putting your phone down. And I am the worst offender yeah, in my home and not giving to my family and to my wife and to my daughter because I'm checking messages, I'm playing on my phone, uh, I'm doing doing anything. That's the world today is everybody has a cell phone and everybody's We're on distracted. it. So yeah. one of the biggest things is just, just put your phone down. And yes, if you know me. You're like, this is you. Why are you telling us? I'm, I'm speaking to myself and I hope somebody else hears me too. Because yeah. it is a bigger deal than you think it is. And I'm trying. I'm not, I'm not great at it yet. I struggle with it. But yeah. it is a part of giving. You can't give 
your time. You can't give your ear. You can't give a word. You can't give anything if you're on your phone. Right. And and this, this next sentence here that we have says, we have to be careful of the culture we are creating. Right. And that's what it goes back to. Right. We don't want to be somebody who is constantly barking orders and not serving. Right. We've all been under those bosses before, those micromanager bosses that are constantly barking orders, but then they go and chill at their desk the whole time. (laughs) Right. But we also don't want to be apathetic, you know, where we don't care about anything, where we're not trying to grow, where we're not trying to do things. We're just coasting through life. And that one speaks to me there because I did that for a very long time. You know, I was coasting for a long time, but I know now that it's my job to step up and step into these things. And so to produce a life-giving culture in your home, everyone gives. God's idea of family happens in the context of serving. Husbands serves wife, wife serves husbands, parents serve children, children serve the parents. When all of the giving is done in love, there is unity. And love <laughs> is the big part, right? Yes. There has to be that love there. And that goes back to what we're talking about. If you're, if you're a dictator in your home and you're barking orders, that's not loving. And you won't have unity. Even if everybody's doing things, right. There's still not going to be unity because you're barking words the whole time. But if nobody's doing anything at all because everybody's super apathetic, you're also not showing love in that moment. And so through love and love, (laughs) love hurts, (laughs) as the song says, right? Sometimes love can hurt and it can sting, but love produces life, right? And And so through love, you can have unity. Uh, in your home and so uh, because you mentioned that you don't like praying out loud <laughs> I knew this was <laughs> guess what you're going to do bro <laughs> alright so let's just do a little recap uh, three intentional ways to model the way are listen to the Lord lead your home with self control and love your love your home with giving All right. So that being said, I'm going to lead us out in prayer. Uh, Lord, thank you for bringing us here tonight to put a word out for for anybody that needs to hear it. We pray that this reaches somebody that that is seeking and searching for you, Lord, that this will give them the encouragement to continue. And we just pray that we go forward these next two weeks and to model the way in our homes, to, to recognize the, the things and the areas that we need to work on within ourselves and that we can start to do that and start to show consistency within our family, uh, with our kids and with our wife and have the self-control in the areas where we're struggling. Uh, we pray that we just hear your word, Lord. We thank you for everything. Amen.